can start off with a prayer. May we not fight over Maya today. <laughs> it's a very complex topic so you know um, uh, uh, we can definitely start off anywhere but uh, definitely i want to give you guys two minutes update about uh, chaturmasa i can tell you one thing for sure this week we've hardly had any photographs of food coming in <laughs> vp ajay do you guys agree totally uh, and we are still uh, not only just surviving, we are thriving. So we just did the last five more days of the first month of no sabji. And then we will start enjoying the, you know, vegetables. And, uh, but we will drop yogurt. I think some of the people like VP doesn't have a problem with yogurt, but uh, I could have a problem, but uh, we will figure it out. That's not a problem. Yeah, I think um, basically it's going on pretty well. And I think uh, uh, from a physical benefit perspective, I think some of us have lost a lot of weight. You can see it visibly in VP Rajesh, for example, and Ajay as well. Um, I have lost weight too. I've lost about four pounds in the last one month, 23 days, 23 days. And, uh, and uh, uh, strictly uh, for me, personally, my experience has been, I'm tempted to eat some snacks in between, but strictly for the last uh, three weeks, except for maybe one or two days in the initial days, I've just had two square meals, two small square meals and nothing in between except water. So it's working out very well so far. Thanks, thanks to the Almighty. VP Ajay, you guys want to share your experiences? Yeah, I I think uh, th that's right. So less focus on food because I think the menu is more or less set. And uh, I have also dropped eating anything after two p.m. Uh, so after oh, wow. lunch, there is nothing except that. Uh, chai detox uh, that Rajesh has suggested to take out my pee urges. Um, so that happens, but uh, nothing till next uh, morning's breakfast. So, which actually has opened my eyes that your body doesn't really need too much food. And, and, and I am doing rigorous physical exercise, like five kilometers walking, yoga. And yet, you know, somehow your body just gets into that rhythm. So that is a big re uh, revelation for me. And secondly, and I know um, uh, some of you will like this, that yesterday I was on a Zoom call with a friend and he was drinking wine and I was sipping water. And, and there was absolutely zero traction to wine or longing or anything. So, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to share that. That has been a beautiful experience last evening. VP, you have your back towards your fruits, but you're displaying them for us. <laughs> <laughs> So I am I am sitting in our kitchen area because that's where things are. I move there. Our focus will be on food. <laughs> so these are the lifesavers, by the way. Yeah, mangoes. I mean, I I have consumed so many mangoes this month 
it's amazing like how many mangoes i have eaten it's like i'm satiated with mangoes and this coconut is obviously the best because lot of coconut chutneys nice ajay how about you do you want to share maybe looks like ajay you're frozen is ajay frozen He's talking, but we can't hear him. Can you hear like me? Something is happening with him. Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. So no, I, I was I was saying that uh, my experience is quite similar. Uh, two things really in my mind. One is that uh, when I'm eating second meal, uh, you know, I'm I'm not having three meals. I'm having two meals. And earlier when I had two meals, I used to kind of eat a little more because I had that hunger. My body needed it. but now my second meal is like a normal meal so that's that's one good news the second is that you know i'm continuing to do everything you know from my walks to yoga to all the other physical activity which i was doing earlier and i don't feel tired i mean i don't feel tired or less energy or anything which kind of gives me a lot of comfort because i personally don't want to do anything that uh, weakens me internally right so i think those two things which are kind of something which i'm 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 enjoying it now i'm enjoying it so i don't feel the urge i i mean when i eat i eat like normal it's just like it's it's, it's the new normal in some ways which is great yes sir vp i think uh, the mango thing is uh, is is sustaining me in some ways because i don't take sugar and uh, i know that it's going to end in the next sort of few days so now is the time to eat them <laughs> I I almost think that whosoever came up with the idea that knew that mangoes will be in season at least up in north, you know, and, and we can just sustain on mangoes. And the first month is very important, absolutely. Yeah, then you can save here. Yeah. All right, that's great. You know, that's all. That's all fantastic. And uh, thank you so much. And I'm 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 um, uh, you know I'm very happy to give give the rest of you this report every week because you know you are a very close knit. community and you know you'll see that there's a lot of uh, linkage between what we are doing at a practical level and some of the things as to why we are doing basically that connection is happening with us in terms of uh, the sadhana chatushtaya and uh, and what we are practicing there's a linkage and this so we see the more meaning for that and that's very important uh, for us to practice and of course uh, as we grow as we go on i think you uh, know we probably will have to start talking a little bit more rather than uh, to, to this group rather than talk about what physical benefits we have gotten we'll have to start talking about you know how do we feel from a emotional perspective from an intellectual perspective to understanding things that we have not that we have not probably grasped in the past before so we will we will share that as well with the team yeah okay cool so maya that's the topic so today <laughs> creation who wants to start vp or ajay <laughs> yeah i i just don't know where to start i mean it is it is complex i mean I, I, and you know having read it and heard it i i kind of get some parts of it but you know somewhere i lose threads um, so yeah i mean you know the scientific part of it uh, as explained by swami parmatananda ji he uh, <clears throat> he takes it very logically and i kind of i use that as my sort of framework as i think about uh, about uh, maya and where i kind of get confused a lot is what is the framework so, you know the framework of uh, you know the fact that maya is matter 
right? And that everything evolves from matter and matter is like being there forever, right? It is like beginless, begin, beginning, beginning less. And, uh, and, and then he kind of goes on to explain <clears throat> how Maya creates the three levels, if you will, uh, the the causal, the, the the subtle, and the gross. And on one side, he talks about the individual, but before the individual, the big universe, right? Uh, and how all of that is Maya, right? And and then he goes on to talk about Maya more specifically for the universe, as opposed to us who we are individuals. I'm saying yes, us. Sorry. Uh, as opposed to individuals, the jiva, who he calls avidya, which is the kind of he kind of uses the phrase avidya, uh, sorry, the ignorant maya. Yeah. And so, having created these multiple parts, uh, you know, the question which comes to me is that: uh, is maya the universe side, or is maya everything? And whether you kind of you get my sort of question because he uses Maya specifically for the universe, and and uses a vid for the for the individual. And so how are the two different? Uh, I was trying to kind of reconcile in my mind. No, that, that's a great uh, question. You know, the way that I think about it is, I mean, of course, there are multiple explanations for that uh, that can come to. You know that can satisfy that curious question, right? But the way that we have to think about is, um, don't think of individual universe in that fashion. Think of in terms of two. Okay, one is consciousness, inert. Okay, mm. think of that. When you think of that, then suddenly you're drawing a line, which is consciousness on one side, inert on other side, and in that inert. We also have to put our body, mind, intellect, ego in that inert side. Okay, so that's why I'm saying that. That then then you resolve that equation, right? Rather than there are three elements: me, universe, and consciousness. It is consciousness mm -hmm. and to, and the rest of rest of the world. Okay, it's consciousness battle versus the rest of the versus the world battle. If you resolve it that way, then. Uh, it becomes a little bit more easier to understand because there is only one consciousness. You know, all how many of us are there? Three, six, seven, eight, eight of us are here. You cannot say that there are eight different consciousness here. We can say that there are eight different bodies, but there is only one consciousness. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. So, so everything okay. else that's not consciousness is Maya. Correct. Everything else that is not consciousness is Maya because and the reason why it is called Maya is also like, you know, uh, you know, like what they say in the scriptures, it is anirvachaniyam. It is not, it is not inexplicable. It's not that it does not exist. They also give a, they give, they give an example. For example, if you say that, uh, you know, you have seen a rabbit with horns. Okay. That is an imagination. That's not a inexplicable inexplicable in, in inexplicable condition that's not an inexplicable one it's an imagination but if you see uh, if you see the uh, if you see something which is so real that you can touch and feel it and if you think that is real but it is actually not real like the snake that you visualize on a rope you know you feel that you feel it is real because it creates some sort of a sphere in you 
or some sort of a action in you to drive that snake away okay but it's actually not 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 that snake right and likewise yeah the snake is a very small example which can fit fit into the mind and we can understand it but if you think of such a humongous expansive universe and if you say this entire thing is maya because it does not exist then it's very difficult to comprehend right that's where i think most of us struggle with the with the thing Well, that's helpful. Thanks. Yeah. So the uh, the other thing that uh, you know, I was also uh, let me just uh, uh, let me just look into my WhatsApp. I said something about uh, uh, that I was listening in Manduki Upanishad. Um, brother uh, and nikai forgot what what i was what i wanted to share let me just look up to my notes what i wrote to you guys then uh... um the another way see different upanishads the whole idea of these upanishads is that they they try to define the brahman and maya in different ways so that people with different mindsets understand it at least one one def one definition one explanation will will uh, you know you may perceive other explanation i may perceive because you know you and i are built together built differently in, in our minds right that's what it is so the one way of separating out uh, uh, the un- the maya part with the consciousness brahman part is it say it, in brahmaranika it, it talks about this thing he says that wherever there is a paraspara sambandha that is um, the uh, interdependent relationship okay he says that interdependent relationship is maya and he gives an example in that example is when does uh, 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 when when does someone call him himself or herself a parent okay when there is a child otherwise the person is a human being but the person is not a parent till such time the, the person has a child right now the same thing when does a child call himself or herself as a child when they have a parent otherwise they can't call oh. themselves as a as a child or a son or a daughter right so that that dependence if you look at it you know both of them individually in reality i mean in apparent reality they are individuals but that reality the upper, the the relationship is paraspar okay so you take away that you take away that you know that relative dependence because that is that is not the right frame of reference because that's not real if 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 uh, if the child is taken away the child is not born at all can i claim to be a parent it's a role but that role mm-hmm. is no more existing correct so this the same example if you extend it to the entire universe the entire universe is a series of cause and effect okay that means there is one thing which is dependent on the other one thing dependent on the other one thing dependent on the other right so anything which is dependent is it's maya maya and so where is what is that thing you used that word even you defined brahman in the last uh, gd you said independent existence what has that independent existence from where all these dependencies came what is that infinite regression that went up to that end point that's brahman that's consciousness yeah no I, uh, that, that that's that's helpful yeah
Yeah. Just the composition of uh, of Maya, you know, which has been broken up in that chart which you had shared once upon a time, uh, several several months ago, actually several weeks ago at least, um, around sort of the three, uh, sorry, the five elements, uh, and how they have different uh, gunas and how they evolve from 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 matter, perhaps to kind of create different parts of our body. And it talks about some 24 parts being being created in these in the in the subtle body, which then sort of grossifies to become the human body. Uh, is that the same process by which the universe is also formed? I mean, that kind of explains quite nicely how uh, individual body and mind is created. Is that the same basis on which the universe, uh, at a at a at a at a sort of cosmos level, is that the same mechanism as well? The, the way that I understand it is as follows, right? Yes. You know, let me try to explain it with the. Uh, we, we probably discussed this, but maybe it's good to repeat this. Let me try to explain this with the. Uh, with the uh, using the analogy of the dream world okay so for the moment imagine that you are brahman and you are sleeping okay and now you are dreaming in the dream you know you have to you're creating a scenery in the first thing what you'll create is a space for that scenery okay then you'll start filling in with objects then you'll start filling in with characters then you'll make the characters interact this all is happening in your in your dream Right, but yeah, but you cannot have objects or you cannot have people. You cannot have interactions without the space being created first. Hmm. Right, and if we can do that on a daily basis, the absolute consciousness, okay, which is in fact all of us, okay, that has created this space, the this entire space in which we are all. Interacting with objects, people. Now, go back to the dream dream analogy back again. Who is that character in your dream? Okay, is he different from your mind? Uh -huh. No. No. The answer is no. It was a rhetoric. It was a rhetoric question. It's not different from your yeah, mind. Yeah. Okay. Who is that object, that tree in the in your dream? Who is that car in your dream? Is that different from your mind? No. Okay, now go back to this creation of this universe. Okay, the absolute consciousness creates the space first. And who is that space? Is it different from Brahman? Mm, no, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And you create, he creates air, he creates, you know, water, fire, then he creates earth, then he creates objects, he creates people, he creates beings. To populate this, okay, and those interactions. So what is happening? All of them, all of them is Brahman. There's no difference from it. It's but it's apparent. But for the people within that dream of that absolute consciousness, they are interacting with each other, just as the people in your dream interacted with each other. Yeah, no, I, I, I can, I can see the the analogy. 
and this this is this is very very difficult concept to understand i also get totally totally confused so many times but every time i get confused i know something other that crops up and say oh this is what has you know reminded me it is such a serendipity right you know i said oh i i kept forgetting then you know suddenly see vp rajesh post then i see alpana's post oh man this is what is it what it is right or something else comes up in uh, what i'm reading and then you know it, it comes up it reminds me of the thing that it the constantly kind of keeps on going so you know conceptually you may have to think it this way from an analogy perspective we will have to think it because otherwise it's very difficult to even imagine for example even to imagine what is happening in the us sitting in india or india what is happening in india sitting in the us our minds can't travel that way that far so conceptually you have to understand it over a period of time we can expand our minds that's how i would say that any other thoughts from others so i so let me say this rajesh so i get what you are describing and i have heard swami ji uh, sir priyananda ji talking about you know avidya and this and that so at a at a intellectual level it makes sense right but the kind of questions let's say vivek was asking on the chat right when you have something bad happen to somebody close by and and yes you can contextualize it utna with the whole karma philosophy and all that but it just asks the basic question why even have this game right why uh, you know why why is let's say brahman having this dream if you will uh, you know so, so i think that sort of is still uh, you know bugs me that it's it's understand it's it's easy to understand in the framework you described rajesh that you know this is how everything is going on but but when it is so you know in, see because most of us are not learned right so here is my logic right most of us are not learned and therefore we can't distinguish plane 1 and plane 2 meaning the two different planes right the uh, 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 atma and brahman and and the maya or us living beings right and um and i and i think that's where when people are suffering at this plane and you see their suffering see for example let me make it more uh, practical so let's say we all understand a little bit that you know we are these are just clothes and our body will pass on and our you know uh, sukshma sharira will move on and find another body and all that and we believe in that and we are okay with that right we we have conceptualized it if you will how do you handle a person who does not even understand that and they are near dear to you and they are grieving like crazy right and and it's hurting them right so that's where i think that's when you start questioning at least and what vivek wrote and i was uh, reading again this morning and i said yes that's true so why maya right because it's creating so much pain etc and and that's where you know uh, it sort of continues to bug me mm. I mean, the standard answer that you hear from uh, listening to different people is so. There are two two parts to your your thoughts, uh, VP. One is why all this, and why go through all this, and second is why. Uh, I mean, how do people deal with it? I mean, the standard answer that at least I hear is that it's all about ignorance, and therefore the solution is knowledge. I mean, that's kind of the the standard sort of reply. But I mean, I don't know, Rajesh, Alpana, what do you guys? No, but that's that's where I was saying that most people don't know that, right? Don't even know yeah. that they're ignorant. Yeah. 
That's that's what yeah. I'm saying. True, true. No, in fact, most people are in that. Most, in, if not like ninety nine percent, are in that state, isn't it? Like what uh, VP is saying mm. here, right? So, what is the solution, right? So, um, and and I, I've been bugged by the same question, and that's why I keep going back and forth between a more practical approach and combining that with an intellectual approach, right? Which intellectually we understand it, but how do we uh, uh, combine this with a practice? Um, that gives us the strength, right, to uh, to handle a day-to-day -day situation, right? So, is it just knowledge, or is it more than that, right? So, I, I I'm I'm in search of that answer too. In fact, uh, I, I I've been uh, I would say experimenting with a few things, but uh, you know, it, it, it's something that I've I've not yet figured out fully. But it's a good question, very very valid question. Rajesh, you are on mute. Um, are, you, are you able to hear me or is Rajesh on mute? Yeah, we, no, Ra we could Rajesh, hear you. Yeah, we could Rajesh hear you, sure, but Rajesh is on mute. Rajesh is on mute. Okay. Oh, yeah, it looks like his uh, video is frozen actually. Yeah. And, and, and Kishore, you know, you may get an answer, like, you know, with your experimentation, you may get an answer for yourself. But I think um, the point is, you know, how do we, uh, when, when uh, you know, I think our VP's point is that, you know, if somebody, we see somebody grieving so much, how do we explain to them? I mean, we may get an answer, actually. Yeah. Right. No, the, uh, the point they make is, um, uh, one point I've heard uh, uh, from Swamiji also is, okay, in the middle of the grief, it is impossible to actually um, have somebody go through uh, the Bhagavad Gita or any of that, right? Uh, yeah, because the mind is just not there; you're not prepared for it. So the uh, so they frame it in the in the sense that, hey, you know that it's going to happen. Life is not going to be a straight line; it's going to be ups and downs. So why not you prepare yourself? for facing this ups and, uh, these ups and downs. So uh, prepare yourself up front. You know that it's coming. So why not be prepared, right? So that's how they frame it. That's, that's very true, Kishore. But I think the, the second question is that, yes, we all are, let's say, getting prepared. I'm, making, I'm going to make that assumption on everybody's behalf, that all, of, these, yeah. all of the folks right. in, in this group are right. somewhat prepared and may be able to handle these things much more. Right. Um, you know, with much more, let's say, strikingly. Um, right. And, but what about, you know, people who are not prepared? And I think that's, and when you see them grieving, yeah. that's, so that's sort this. of, right. ha, that, that's really sort of the point I'm trying to think Yeah. To. And, you know, so I've be, tried no, to... be... Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Kishore. Uh, my, the the no, only no, point ahead, I'm trying to make, oh, just one point, uh, that, you know, I've, um, in the past, I've spoken to people about uh, about this, right? And, and that's when I realized it's, it is something that um, cannot be taught in the middle of grief. Um, it is not something, uh, it is not recommended either. I mean, that's just not going to work, right? So um, I, that's where acceptance comes in. But again, how do you tell them to accept things, right? But because they're not 
ready to do that, right? Because life is doing this as a way, I mean, the way I look at it today is that life is doing these things to uh, get us towards or nudging us towards a certain path. Um, so we, um, as we go through these kind of difficulties, we are not going to even think along these lines. So um, in a way, that is life's way of nudging us towards this path. Uh, towards any path of spirituality, right? Towards uh, a self-discovery path. Let's put it that way, in a general general sense. Um, so, but you, that is not something that uh, people are going to understand in the middle of going through a crisis themselves, right? And even if you talk them yeah. through that, they're not going to get it. It is it is not going to work. Yeah. And also, uh, VP, you know, another practical way of thinking about this, you know, let's say Mr. X is grieving, there's no point in co-grieving with him. Okay? From our perspective, let's say if, if, uh, if, if uh, Mr. X is grieving and if I'm a close friend of Mr. X, you know, yes, I want to console him, but there's no point in me also getting into the same emotion as what he is and then doing it. Then it's like two people getting into uh, you know a big uh, uh, whirlpool trying to get out one oh. has to be away from the whirlpool okay and the person who can be away from the whirlpool is the person who has had this insurance okay who has bought this life insurance before the event has hit or the accident insurance before the accident has hit you cannot buy insurance at the time of accident unfortunate but that's a reality you nobody is going to give you insurance for an accident that's about to happen you have to buy it a priori. So th this this learning, this this knowledge, uh, intellectually, you know, if it is at, at let's say one percent, we'll have to slowly, you know, marinate it in such a way that it, it keeps on progressing within our mind. That over a period of time, you don't, it's not that you become insensitive to the other person. You become you you really know what the reality is. And then your your response is going to be very different. Okay, that's the key thing. It's really hard problem. I agree, and uh, you know, uh, uh, it's really hard problem. But uh, that's 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 the way it is. Uh, Alpna, you said this uh, in one of your posts. A lot of these, uh, you know, unfortunate events in a way sort of prepare us when you when we are not at the center of that that uh, that situation uh, we're looking at it peripherally so when you see uh, i mean even if assume that we don't study gita and we're ignorant but just the fact that you see death around you uh, it kind of starts to prepare you for you know more uh, spiritual thinking to say why and how and so it, in a way sort of it starts to prepare you for yeah yeah again inevitable sort of such situations going forward i think that's when you ask the question even right the question does not arise until then so at least you yeah. start to ask why why did this happen or or where do i go from here that kind of questions start to happen and you become um, inquisitive and so it's, spirituality to me is a path of inquiry but you have to start somewhere. In a way, that's a trailhead. Um, and you start to inquire and starting from that point. 
Right. You're absolutely right. And the inquiry process, I mean, I, I, I just recall, you know, a few years ago, I, you know, several years ago, in fact, I went to a funeral and, you know, the general refrain was this whole concept of you're not the body and the mind and that, you know, he's kind of gone to his true self, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you hear these things at right. different points in time and at that time you don't realize it, but it kind of stays in your head. Uh, and uh, so in different ways, you know, it's like you said, uh, Kishore, it's a path. It's a, it's a, it's a journey. So you pick up little nuggets and it's over, over time it begins to sort of make more sense and more acceptance makes, makes comes sense. through. Exactly. Exactly. You can only connect the dots looking backwards, right? Um, indeed, and then indeed. each, each of those things start to connect later in life saying, okay, now you may not have all the answers, but at some point it will start to, right? And once you've found that, uh, you know, dots do connect and you've seen that yourself and you've experienced it, uh, then I think there is acceptance right now. Okay, this might be a dot. I don't know what it's going to connect to, but hey, I'm, I'm going to trust it. It's okay. I'm going to accept it. Yeah. And I feel with, uh, with especially death, um, I think it depends on what time of our lives we are in. When we are, if you lose a very near and dear person when you are maybe 10 or um, 18 or 20, your view on that and the way you grieve is very different to when you grew, grieve around maybe 40, 45 versus when you are maybe 50, 50 or 60, your whole outlook and on the person who has passed away too. You know, I think you just first you just look at life for them and what it does what impact it has to you and i think that just sometimes become extremely irrational in i say irrational but probably not irrational emotional and then afterwards i think it's about then how you have to actually make peace with it and i think that making peace depends on all of us as how we each one of us individually can view something. So our perspective on it and our, uh, our method of how we can just kind of sort it out in our head. You And if you have these tools that we discuss here, it just becomes a lot easier and less conflicted versus, and you don't go down that spiral of why without actually having an answer. And then often, more often than not, when you get the why, which sometimes we might get from our discussions here, or rather at least look towards an answer. Then we can move forward. So I think this is just like a great tool for us when we discuss and read our answers on how to deal with a situation that you make peace with it, because then it kind of gives you an answer, like how people were saying, it all seems right and the answers are all rational. So earlier this year, I actually experienced it from a very different angle. So my guru's guru left his body. So, you know, after, I was trying to think, what will I tell my guru? You know? Because you still think he's, a, he's an individual, right? And, and I spoke to him and there wasn't an iota of grief in him. And I... So I said, okay, maybe he's trying to say that. And then I actually visited the ashram and ashram was buzzing with energy and nobody was grieving there. And people said he was actually limited by the body earlier and now he's all pervasive. 
So it was a very different way of looking at death um, in that context. Um, that, you know, when we are in this body, we are limited by it. But once you leave the body, you're actually not limited by the, you know, you don't have the limitations that what this body can do, can go, can see, etc. So it, it, it was an eye opener. And they were genuinely, you know, celebrating his life. And they were talking about him, you know, how he used to, what he used to say, etc. So, so, so I guess you do get different experiences, you know, of the same event, how people deal with it differently. And what Anu was saying was so right, you know. Um, you know, if it is, you know the person, but not that well, it reminds you of certain things, but certain, um, certain duties you have that you should do and not leave it for, you know, later part because it can happen any day. If it is slightly more dear one, you know, it is more of how they live, whether, you know, they had a full life, that gives some comfort, etc. So, but I think at the end of it, how much ever we say, I'm not scared of death, I think that fear is inherent. And as Swami Sarvapriyananda Ji says, we all work on projects of immortality, having kid, creating business, creating, you know, writing a book that we will continue to live on after this life. That's all we do our entire life. So even if we may say we are not scared of death, but there is something which feels that, you know, we don't want it to end, end with this. So, yeah, no, I think, I, I think I'm just making a few comments, not leading anywhere, but uh, yesterday was so this thing. So there was on a big group, somebody's 50th birthday, and then the other, the other group with the messages of grieving. And I was just so tormented between the two. You know, I did wish happy birthday to the other person, but you know, the thought of obviously Ashish was there and, you know, and, and, and that's what I wrote, that it was more of how the family is going to deal with it. I think it was more of at that level because, you know, it, 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 it's not easy when it hits you. From, from that close quarters. And what can we do to, to support? Yes. And, and most often, you know, the, the, the fear, fear of death is not the fear of death of myself or, or our body, you know. It's actually, you know, it, it's, we fear the death of others, actually. I mean, others who are closer to us. And mainly because of the same thing that what will happen, you know, what will happen to them, you know, I mean, people who are dependent on them. I mean, I mean, I think, I, I, I don't think, you know, many people fear their own death. At least I, I, I don't. Because I, I, you know, I would be gone, actually. But it is it's the, it's the death of people who are, uh, you know, who are near, near and close to me. I mean, I think that fear is there always. I will say one thing. I think you are unique in that that you think that you are not afraid of your own death. Most other people are. You have seen both type of people. Yeah, most quite a few people as you age, they're not afraid of their own death, but what will happen to you know, others? VP, you know, what I meant was the effect of, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid of my own death, but what I'm afraid of is the effect of my death on others. I, mean, I think that part 
is a is a part that you fear about so to me it's like different layers most people are scared of both the things uh, some people like you and me are not scared of our own death but the impact of that and uh, then there's a third one which are the enlightened ones which are like alpna was describing that you know they understand it so well that it becomes a occasion for joy and celebration that you know they have left it and that's why i have stopped you this word rest in peace and on that because i think that's just so limiting in what people write uh, but that's how i have at least understood the concept that think of it as three uh, different layers of how you can you know get above it i think the other fear of uh, of death if you will is around so you're right i mean there is the impact on others there is different people think about of it differently i think a lot of people also worry about death from the standpoint of suffering that if 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 you know if i'm going to die but i'm going to suffer and die uh that sort of certainly bothers me i mean in some ways you know people who die like without suffering are fortunate right and so you know the the there's a fear of you know you know when if you have illness and you if you have fear of suffering which is probably as bad as kind of you know death itself perhaps i think uh, let's uh, let's do one thing i think uh, uh, death is a very different different topic than the uh, creation that we are talking about here at this point of time maybe we should just park uh, you know death as a uh, one of the stops in in our lives that we will have to go through multiple times hopefully not 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 too many times but then uh, in our path path to perfection let's uh, let's park that let's try to understand what's happening on the creation side right so so getting back to the tatvabodha part in terms of the creation right so um, um conceptually you know the, the way that i think about it is as follows right i think i explained this and maybe i'm just recapping this so that we get back to the topic so the there is one plane of existence known as brahman which is consciousness and in in another plane of existence the rest of matter is created okay so whatever happens in that plane of existence which is the matter plane of existence does not impact this brahman at all okay so that's that's how i think about it and how it was created and all that i think tatvabodha explained saying that okay first space was created from space came air air to fire fire to water water to earth and then first they were all in subtle form and then uh, the subtle form created something and then the gross forms and then the gross forms was created because there was a process known as intermixing of uh, Hi Mahesh. Did you get to the right meeting? It is so late in the night for you. You are on mute. Yeah, did you get to the right meeting, Mahesh? You have been unmuted. Yeah, now yeah, you can talk. Yeah. Yeah. I just woke up so I thought let me just get into and hear your people okay. discussion first. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good to see yeah. you Mahesh. Okay. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi Mahesh. Yeah. Hi, hi. 
yeah. Carry on, carry on. So Rajesh. cutting back, right? So it, it, it has this subtle, subtle creation and then it creates the gross. That's how the whole creation happens, right? So the question that I have for you guys is like, you know, is that, is that the creation process seems intuitive, uh, understandable, quote unquote, acceptable to our logic or is there any uh, questions that we have there? I think one point I want to add, which uh, Swamiji in his lectures mentioned, that Maya is the is the Shakti of Brahman. When we say it is power of something, then power cannot exist on its own. Whenever you say this guy has a power of something, the power cannot exist without the person. So that's the relationship between Brahman and Maya. That Maya is the Shakti of Brahman, but Maya cannot exist without Brahman. So I thought that was quite. Yeah, yeah, I recall. I recall. He used the word Shakti and Shakti Man. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the. So you, you, it, so Maya cannot exist without Brahman, but Brahman can exist independently. So at some at some level, if you think about it, you know. Um, the other aspect that, 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 that confuses me sometimes is how do you explain that this entire world is not different from Brahman? I hope you get the point, right? Because if you think that uh, it is different from Brahman, then uh, the Dvaita concept gets invalidated. That means there is world, then there is consciousness. But, but actually what we're saying is there's nothing, nothing, because the world is Maya, we said, right? We were discussing that sometime back. So quote unquote, then the world does not in reality exist, but it apparently exists. But it is actually Brahman because Brahman is everywhere. How do you explain that? That's a, sometimes a pretty conflicting topic for me. I, I don't understand that very well. That's where this is helpful, that it is the power of Brahman. That's why it's not different. It's like the burning, po burning power of uh, fire. It's not different from fire. It's fire itself. It cannot exist without Makes fire. Sense. And Makes sense. That's why this yeah. statement was very, very powerful that why everything is not different because it is its power. And just the power has, is Gunatma, not the self. And the, and the power has Sattva Rajtam and rest everything is play of these Gunas. That's an interesting part. So, so basically the whole spiritual process, what you're trying to do is we have, of course, we all agree that we are all the same consciousness, but we have somehow misunderstood that we are not that. So we got into the, got into this plane. Now we are slowly moving away from that plane to get onto that Brahman plane. Would that be, would that be a decent way of saying it or a terrible way of saying it? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's right. That's why it's a two step process. First, you differentiate everything that is not you. That you are not this body, not this mind, not this, not that, not that. You're not even that, that you don't know. <laughs> and then you are everything that you know are not. So it's a two-step process. Nirvana Shatakam again. Yes, I yeah, was just going yeah. to say that five stanzas are all about just not that, not that, not that. And the last one is what you are. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's interesting. I'm, they say twice, right? Neti, neti. So first, neti is for everything you can see. So then you negate that, and then you are left with nothing. So then you say, oh, so I am nothing. Then you say, no, not nothing either. Yeah, neti, neti. Oh, I, I get that now. Okay, the white three netis. So the first neti is you know, to the entire yeah. perceptible world, and then when you remove that, so you are left with with blankness. Are you the blankness? No, not that either. So that's why that, that comes with the brother and the Kaupanishad Alpana, and they explain it saying that it's something called the top, the chapter is called Murta Murta Brahmana. Murta is gross, and uh -huh. Amurta is uh, not not perceptible. Correct. So Neti Neti said it two times because you know first Neti is to negate what is uh, uh, what is gross, right? The second Neti is said to Amurta, which is like non-gross. So there is non-gross elements also in this world, like our mind. Mind is non-gross. Um, of course, if you use gross mind in a different context, that's an English uh, word play, but that's not what, what I'm talking about. So uh, the, the, the thoughts and all that are not, not gross. They are pretty subtle. That also you will have negated. That's where the neti neti comes in. Actually, nice, actually, yeah. So in another Upanishad, even mind is gross in the sense it's made up of five matters. So it's the blankness that you say, not not nothing either, because then that negates the shunyavadis. Then because shunyavadis is yeah. that oh, shunya is what we are. No, we are not shunya no. either. So it's uh, yeah. shunyavadi as well. Yeah. yeah, there's an example that one of, one, one of the lectures kind of talks about, which is around the uh, you know a, a table, for example, and the carpenter, right? And and I, I don't recall it fully, but he talks about the the table being the material uh, cause, right? Which is the Maya. Wood. But the wood, sorry, the which is which is the, the material. But you know, we all know that you know there is a carpenter who has made it. We don't see the carpenter. There is somebody who's made it, and we, we know that somebody has made it, and that is the that is sort of in a way sort of the consciousness. Which we don't see, but it is there. We know it is there. So it's called nimitta karan and upadan karan. Upadan karan mm -hmm. is the substance used, and mm -hmm. nimitta karan is the is the intelligence behind that. So actually, Maya mm -hmm. is the nimitta karan, and prakriti, which is the tam pradhan, is the upadan karan. Brahman is not even the nimitta karan because Brahman doesn't do anything. So one way is actually to keep the Brahman away. <laughs> mm. He powers it, but or it powers it, but so so be, it borrows that creation shakti, which is the rajas gun, the action oriented thing. It borrows from Brahman, but Brahman doesn't do it itself. It's the Maya which does it. I see. So even the uh... nimitta karan is the kumhar is also Maya. Kumhar is also Maya. Okay, yeah. interesting. Kumhar is actually Maya. So. So there are three names within Prakriti. So Maya is used interchangeably, but the primarily the Shuddha Sattvagun is called Maya, which is the intelligence behind everything. And then where the Tamogun is Pradhan is all these material that we see. So that Tamogun Pradhan is the Upadhan Karan and the, the knowledge or the intelligence Pradhan Maya becomes the Nimitta Karan. So, 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 so the so nimitta karana, uh, karana is all, all uh, sattva. 
that's Ishwar. That's my that's Ishwar. Yeah. So that's how you differentiate. That's an interesting way. So that's one way we, we can differentiate Ishwar with individual. Individual has is, Rajogun. So Rajogun makes it ignorance instead of all knowing. Sattvagun is all knowing. So Ishwar doesn't have any doubt. They have no doubt that they are not Brahman. So, so that's what distinguishes actually. So, so when does, you so, add so, so the, 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 Rajogun, sorry. that becomes Sajeev. So the Jeev has all three gunas and uh, Ishwar has only Sattva. Is that like a simplistic way of putting it? Uh, actually, you cannot have anything without the three gunas. So bare minimum Rajogun and Tamogun is there uh, mm -hmm. in the Ishwar. And in Jeev, you have Rajogun and Sattvagun primarily. Tamogun is very less. And where Tamogun is primarily, that is the whole world we see around, the material world that we see around. I see, okay. So that's that's very helpful actually because I have been sort of debating and thanks VP for your prompt about uh, the difference between Ishwara and yeah so, and so in a way so because of this Rajogun we get ignorance Rajogun is what yeah. creates that avaran the the veil because it causes disturbance and it's not the Satogun is primarily what relates to gyan or knowledge exactly. So in a way, in that in my example, then uh, Alpana, the carpenter is the Ishwara effectively, yeah. some level, not the consciousness. Thank you. That's very helpful. I think that's what the, one of the Swamiji was saying, right? You know, actually in South, they, they, there's a saying, you know, don't sit like a Brahman. Basically, when you're seeing and seeing a person who is lazy guy. You know, we, we we tell them don't sit like a Brahman there because Brahman apparently doesn't do anything. Yeah, they're just full of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. You need that Rajas, which is in Kshatriyas and Vaishyas, right, to do something. So one of the things that I've kind of put in my head, which kind of helps me kind of reiterate it in a different way, is one of the phrases that I again read or heard somewhere, which is. Brahman Satya, Jagat Mithya, Jeeva Brahma. Or Brahm, Brahm, whatever this, I forget the full thing. So in a way, sort of that circle kind of gets completed. Correct. So sorry, I'm just going to uh, take what Alpna was saying and try and tie it back to perhaps what I am thinking about this whole Maya world, is it then, if you start with this, and this is like half baked in my head, so just came to my mind as we, as I was listening to Alpana. So is it that, you know, consciousness created this another plane, right? And gave the power, quote unquote, to Brahma who created all this. And somehow, and excuse my choice of word, Brahmaji lost the plot and a lot of tamas came around and that's why we have a lot of suffering and a lot of uh, evil. It's a self-fulfilling mistake. And those uh, statements are not mine. Those are directly from the lectures, the karma one. We are responsible for what is happening around in the world. No, no, I know. So, so. I of interference from God. No, so okay, so maybe 
so, so the point I'm trying to say is that if we are if we are somehow the power we are let's say created by power given by the consciousness to Brahmaji or some other person let's say I'm just saying Brahmaji because Rajesh was using it yeah um, so then you know where did the plot go bad right where did it go uh, you no, know this is the plot actually it will not it didn't work when it was Satvik the four Sanat Kumars they said okay we will we will get uh, nirvana and we'll we'll not create this world why what for oh. you need bad qualities otherwise the world will not exist but why does it's it have to be the plan why does it have to exist <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> believe me it's in the software <laughs> we have to take incorrect actions otherwise otherwise who will come for what <laughs> no, but again, back to the question, Alpana, why does it have to exist in the first place? I mean, why? I mean, you said. The answer to that is it doesn't exist. It is all appearance. <laughs> if you ask that question, that means you are beyond us. It doesn't. <laughs> okay, so that's a given. Like that's a, that's a. Fact. Yeah, because we don't understand that we think it exists. That's the whole problem. So that's why you understand. It is like a movie. You watch it with. No effect, no attachment, nothing. That it's just a play. In a play, the, when I keep going back to Swami Sarvapriyanandaji's example, if if really that uh, King Kong comes in in the in the in the New York and starts destroying, will we enjoy it? Will we clap? No. But because it's a movie, we enjoy it. He says in real life, even a little monkey will come close to you. You will create havoc. <laughs> So, in reality, it doesn't exist. So, actually, after knowing it, you enjoy this duality because you are not attached by it. You're not impacted mm -hmm. by it. You just watch it like a movie. And you even play as an actor in that. Yeah. And you go with the flow. Okay, bring it on. <laughs> and, 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 and just to tie it in, right? When we don't understand that consciously, if we are not in that in that space consciously, that's when we get into the quote unquote the worldly problems or the samsara, right? That's when that's the loop that we'll get into it. And when when you separate yourself and say, oh, you know, uh, sometime back VP used that word, the consciousness created the world. The point is, the consciousness created the world. Who is that consciousness? The consciousness is Us. me, you. Okay, in your very statement. We have already assumed that consciousness is subconsciously. We have assumed that it is not me. That's why we are saying that consciousness created, but that's not that consciousness. This consciousness created this world, oh. which is one consciousness. No, no, true, true. But I was just, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out that where did the plot go wrong, right? I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that where does the evil come from? So, so did it just a process of evolution, or is it a process of See, so I understand that that you know Brahmaji introduced three gunas, right? I get that part. So so far so good, right? And you had Satyu where people had more of Satwa, less of this and that. And we are living in you know Kalyug, and therefore there is more of Amas and you know problems, etc. But but my my point is like, fine. God wanted to have this Leela and have his fun, and you know, just just on the sec, which is you. Which is no, no, you. Under, no, no, wants to have this, but just stay with me. Just, just, just stay with me. But I, I'm just saying that why, why, like, introduce so much of suffering 
and then get people into this karmic cycle so i understand i buy into the karmic cycle totally right i get that that's very good framework to understand why things are going bad for some people or things are going good for bad people it sort of very nicely tells you everything my only prom- my only um, misunderstanding is that where did you know what made the uh, the tamas go up or the uh, you know rajas go up and satvik gun come down right how does that happen that's really what i'm struggling with it's cyclic why does oh. why does the wheel the, the lower side goes up and comes down it is cyclic it's not that it will keep going back because after value no but markets always go up over the long term <laughs> so that doesn't hold in the long term we will be all okay so don't worry <laughs> so satyug will come after kalyug so after the worst one satyug come and in satyug also remember all these rakshasas existed that's that's exactly right because i'm reading ramayan and you you look at all this what's going on around Ramayana that ramayan was there forever right so no but but that's exactly my point so why is it evolution or is it by design that's that's really what it's by design good cannot exist without bad vipi another way of thinking about it is i think you know the wundi uh, uh, species who can do this kind of an analysis is human beings okay and by the very nature um, uh, by the very uh, ability what we have is that the plot goes wrong in our mind okay we start creating because of the arshad varga right the six qualities negative qualities that we have kamakrodha madalobha matsarya we start creating things which disrupt okay the balance that's where the plot blows on that's how i'm seeing it in in my in my in my understanding right you know in just think about it you know if we were all not able to think the way that we are thinking as human beings whatever is that level of intellectual capacity that i'm not questioning i'm saying better than let's say a plant or a animal uh, or a insect we are think better than that definitely so if we were if we were to go back and go back to those species probably the world would be a perfect place nobody will bother nobody will talk about vedanta because it's irrelevant but because we have this mind the mind has a double edged sword it can even think it can even think positively and negatively and that's where the the concept of ability to think right okay comes in right how do you know that you're doing a right thing or wrong the wrong thing for example if i am angry if i'm exhibiting angry anger is it a right thing or a wrong thing if i don't know that and if i exhibit that then already i've created that negativity i've already created that you know a wrong thing which disturbs the dharma Oh, so over a period of time somebody has to come and establish the dharma and in fact you know i don't know if it makes sense yeah yeah in fact in the scriptures and sorry for using a very gross example but but that's the example they give you know the highest suffering when it is it is at the time of birth what you go through as an individual as a jeev it's the there is no suffering compared to that because just where we are and how we come out actually that's the most painful process of a person's life and during that time we all think that i will get rid of this cycle of birth and death the moment we are born we forget about it so but but scriptures talk about that 
that in every time we take birth we pledge that i will you know as a human being that i will come out of this cycle of life and death or birth and death but we forget because that is the biggest suffering which we don't remember also right and even the person enduring it is just so momentary that uh, pain and then you go through it all over again yeah so that's what they say actually you know i didn't mention it so that shamshan vairagya is for males because females never used to go to the to the cremation ground and it is the prasav vairagya for females but we forget uh, about it the moment um kid is born yeah so definitely the kids are not born with a blank slate for sure actually <laughs> a lot of we feel you know that moms go through a lot of pain actually the baby goes through a lot of pain at that time is what the scriptures say Wow. Fascinating. About this Prashav Vairagya in a different way, but I think your explanation is absolutely, uh, you know, it strikes uh, Parna. Now, I have I have always heard it from the uh, mother's perspective that, you know, they go through so much pain that, you know, they decide that they will never have, you know, another kid or something. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's how I have heard it, but I think the way you explain from a baby's perspective, I think it makes more sense. So do we have a good handle on Maya now? I I am I am still not clear to be very candid that where did we lose the plot? I mean I need to think about this a little bit. That <laughs> yeah. You know where how did that evil and the suffering came into the picture? I think if that's I think it's I think this is helped to move the ball forward but I am not there as yet, you know. I lost the plot. It's just a season in Netflix. Yeah, episodes are all just chaos. That's it. It'll all Again, sir, Sarvapriya Nanda's stories on Maya. You can relate to anyone. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I keep going back to what he's saying, and it's sort of that's why I think the ball has come much further along. But I think we're not at the goal line as yet. You know, I just conceptually, I just am trying to understand why why the combination of these three gunas. So I get the part that they introduce the gunas and. you know that was the sort of the fun part because that's how they thought they will have fun and and again i'm saying they as an abstract just to keep it simple okay just keeping it even scientifically satvaraj tam tam is inertia if we didn't have inertia world wouldn't work right you wouldn't be able to drive you wouldn't be able to you know friction inertia they are equally important to the to even scientific principles right but why does it then lead to evil and suffering i think that i, I actually to... pain is inevitable suffering is optional ah and that's where the catch is 
that suffering so you know even what gautam buddha said you know there are you, when you get hit by first arrow then it's the you know you are seeing what is happening and then you get hit by the second arrow which is more painful because second arrow is more of the reaction to it the whole thought process around it so we all get hit by the second arrow more which is suffering first arrow is just the pain and you can solve the pain once you overcome the suffering so suffering is optional and that's what vedanta tries to explain you don't have to suffer in fact the suffering when they say it goes away doesn't mean the, due to the prarab the body will go through you know whatever it has to go through but you will not suffer because you will not associate with it so that that was actually you 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 said a very nice thing alpna because i started noticing as i was listening to sapriya nanda ji that he talks about lot of swamis who had throat cancer yeah. who had amputated body parts and they would suffer in lot of pain but i think that that's an excellent point yeah so this so is one example which he gives is of swami turiyananda yeah yeah exactly uh, mm-hmm. so he said he was supposed to go undergo a surgery and then they said okay we'll have to give you anesthesia he said no don't give me anesthesia just operate and they operated he didn't even say ouch and the whole operation was done so next day the doctor comes and he starts opening the wound and dressing it and uh, swami turiyananda ji he screams and then the doctor said but you know yesterday it was more painful when i cut you open and did this and why are you screaming today he said you have to tell me i have to take my mind away ah that explains it's optional you can't separate yourself from that but you need to do it <laughs> if you don't do You're it if it suddenly happens you will get hit by it you don't have to do it you have to be able to do that, it. that and that's a nice segue into the gita book that we are going to read now because the next chapter is actually meditation and it talks about exactly that so we'll park the evil part of it for later <laughs> the, the, the one question which says in mind is so i think uh, really, it, i think what we should do is we should do it and we should take it in stages right see sorry ajay go ahead No, no, I was going to. I was asking Alpana. She, you said Alpana that the good has to coexist with the bad, and that's the part I still don't kind of get. In the Why Maya, part, in the Maya part for the, the world to work. And the question that, that's where that's where I, I I'm I'm disconnected. Why does the evil have to exist, coexist with the good in the Maya part, even in the Maya part? You know. नॉर्मली वी से दैट भगवान जी ओनली टेक्स अवतार वेन अधर्म की हानि मतलब धर्म की हानि होती है एक्चुअली भगवान कम्स वेन धर्म की भी बहुत ज्यादा बढ़ोतरी हो जाती है सो वॉट हैपन बिफोर बुद्धाज बर्थ इन यू नो ऑल दीपल दे वर जस्ट डूइंग रिचुअल्स एंड एंड यू नो डूइंग एक्सेट्रा एंड एज सेक्रीफाइस दे वर किलिंग नॉट ऑफ एनिमल्स सो so you know he had to take birth and say all these vedic rituals don't follow that so that's why the buddhism doesn't look at at uh, vedas at all and buddha is an avatar of vishnu mm. yeah. if there isn't a, even a little bit of uh, evil is a very strong word i would say i mean not not evil evil but Little bit of non-dharma needs to exist for a lot. Otherwise, you'll not do anything. 
eating is to a certain extent. How how will the ecological balance exist without some killing? Some, you know, if there is an interdependence, and if you don't kill, then that population will increase as well. So you need to balance that. So evil is probably a very strong word. So in that, yeah. but you need to have some bad a balance, balance, some yeah. bad behavior, right? So knowingly, unknowingly, saying, asking for forgiveness, but you have to do it. But 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 you know another aspect of it is you know good and evil you know you cannot define what is good if you if there is nothing called something else called evil is not there and you cannot define evil because if you if you if you can't define what is good so this is again paraspara sambandh paraspara sambandh is mitya yeah. does not exist mutual dependence you, one cannot validate the other you have to have independent validation. No, no. For Maya is to experience everything. Consciousness has come in just to experience everything. Just the lows and the highs, the good and the bad, beautiful and ugly. To experience that, this this whole Maya has been created. That God's example, <laughs> you know, God for eternity he was alone. He got so bored. He said, "Okay, let me play hide and seek." So he became non-God as trees and different this thing. And God being God was awfully good at being non-God. <laughs> that he forgot he was God and now he's finding himself back again. And there are, so he said, whichever story you can connect with. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that, and then that statement which I wrote, right? Maya ko pratishthit nahi karna hai. Maya ko hatana hai. So why are you trying to explain Maya? To transcend it. <laughs> so, इसीलिए कोई भी एक story पकड़ना और थोड़ा सा logical लगे. Leave it there. Exactly. I think that's a practical way of looking at it. I agree with you. That's a very practical way of looking at it. See, conceptually, if you understand it, okay, we should just say, okay, I think I get it. I don't exactly get it, but maybe over a period of time, I will get it, and then move on. And um, I, I'm seeing that, okay, in, in, for example, you know, I, I've told you guys that I'm learning Vishnu Sahasranamam, right? So sometimes some, some, some of the people ask a question saying that, what, is, what does this mean when he's explaining a particular name? The answer to the question is the next name of the, in the Sahasranam. And then, then similarly, when the next question is asked, the answer to that is the next question, next, next name of the God. It's all the thousand names, what has been arranged in that same fashion, explains in uh, explains every concept in a logical fashion so so they, after some time you know we all realize that there's no point asking him the question just wait because the next one he is going to tell us in any case yeah yeah, yeah. because on the other side of the enlightenment enlightenment there'll be no questions but all answers on this side there are all, all questions and answers yeah. to answer to. <laughs> Because no enlightened being is being is seen as trying to find answers to these questions, right? No, they don't. I think they get the futility of the question. I don't think they they know the answer. And that's what why why get thoda bahut samajh mein aaja and then just let me another sort of. Random question, sorry. 
uh, which is that once you are enlightened, right? Do you become so? So are you or are you Ishwara? I mean, what is the transition from Jiva? So Jiva becomes Ishwara, or Jiva is true self, which is not. What is enlightenment? I mean, that's the question. I mean, uh, I'm trying to frame it. Uh, I mean, we are jivas, right? We get enlightened. Most people want one is to one with the Brahman. So then you, that's a Advaita philosophy. But even in the dualistic world, people want to be become like Ishwar. So Sarupya, so you, you get a form like Ishwar. Then Samipya, you want to be closer to Ishwar. Or Salokya, you want to be in the lok where Krishna lives. So, so these are part of, or Sayujya, which is you have powers like him, right? So those dualistic people, they go and live in their loka. So there are different lokas of different frequencies. So, so that, that moksha which people want in the dualistic religions, they get to the lokas of their Ishtadev. So, so both are considered as moksha. You can I, become one I, with the Ishwar or you become one with the Brahman. Yeah. So the, uh, the other practical, the other practical way of defining uh, enlightenment is having having a different view of the world than you, what you currently have, and such that that view is you're not bothered, you're or no, not say bothered, you are not affected by what is happening in that world. Okay, so it's like you know today we have a view because. The, the, the consciousness in us, the Atma, is filtering itself through uh, a layer known as mind, and this mind is seeing the world, okay? And then it's experiencing the world and all that. Now, as we progress, we keep cleaning that mirror, or not the mirror, that uh, pane of glass, keep cleaning the pane of glass, such that it becomes absolutely transparent without even the border being seen, okay? And what we're cleaning of that glass is the, the uh, the negative tendencies that, that, that the mind has because of which the coloration to the world happens, because of which we see the dualities in the world. Okay, this is good, that is bad. This is sorrowful, that is happiness. We see that, right? When you start cleaning that mirror through different kinds of karma yoga, dhyana yoga, and bhakti yoga, it becomes so trans transparent that it directly shines into the world. Okay, then you don't see any more dualities. Once you experience that, that is Aparokshanabhuti is what uh, Swami, Swamiji says, right? Once you experience that, see, you have not done anything to Brahman. Okay, Brahman has not done anything. But this individual who has this mind-body complex, who realizes that this mind is a little bit uh, not clean, keeps cleaning that, and then at one point of time, it shines by itself. Then you're done. That's enlightenment. Hmm. So, so uh, they give is you keep two two lamps in a dark room. One is lit, one is unlit, and you cover both of them with those pot covers. And when you break the cover on the unlit lamp, you still need a source of light to illuminate that lamp, right? Because it's unlit. Whereas when you will break the cover 
on the lit lamp, the lit lamp will become visible itself. You don't need an external. So what Rajesh was trying to explain, in one you clean the this thing, but you still need you still see the reflection of the of the the Brahman. Whereas when the total gyan goes away, even that last ahankar also drops. That is like hitting the cover on the lit lamp. The Brahman will illuminate itself. Right. Alpana, what you said uh, reminded me of a story of, uh, I think, King uh, Vishwamitra Rishi, okay? So Vishwamitra Rishi had this, uh, I think, was it uh, Vishwamitra? Did Vishwamitra have a problem with uh, Brihaspati? Ah, okay. Uh, so uh, he always has this tiff, right, with uh, Brihaspati. So Vishwamitra wanted to be acknowledged by Brihaspati that he is a Brahmarshi, that title. Okay? By Vashishta. By Rishi Vashishth. By Vashishth, okay. Vashishth, Vizrishi Vashishth, okay. So, but everybody in the world acknowledges Vitra as uh, Brahmarshi. But Vashishth never acknowledges, okay. And so, I believe, I don't know how far this story is true, but it's stuck in my head. One day he goes to uh, ask him why doesn't he acknowledge. And Vashishth apparently is a very small uh, stature uh, person. So his uh, kutir or whatever that uh, hut pent has a very small entrance. And Vishwamitra is a pretty tall guy because he comes from that, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the uh, Kshatriya, uh, types. Kshatriya, Kshatriya types, okay? So when, he, when he's about to enter, he bends his head, okay? He bends his head and he enters. That's when he realizes, oh shit, all the while I've been having this ego, big ego, which never bent down be, be, be in front of somebody. Then he attains moksha. Then he comes and he comes inside, then uh, Vashishta says, Brahmarshi, done, oh yeah, come. Mm. Yeah, between uh, Vishwamitra and Vashishta, once he wanted to take, Vashishta had Kamdenu, so he wanted to take him forcefully. So, yeah, there's a long story why there was a tiff that was going on. And then Vishwamitra does the penance and he, he gets, he sees the Gayatri Mantra, right? After that, the whole world acknowledged him to be the Brahmarshi, but Vashish. And when this happened, Vashish said, I don't need to tell you. You know you are Brahmarshi. That is when he bowed down and he had that experience. After that, it wasn't important to Vishwamitra either. <laughs> yeah. That he took. He so should. Not tie that back. Yeah. So tie that back to, you know, in, in our context, right? To Vivek's, Vivek's question, you know, why are we having these? you know, feelings of sorrow, sadness, anger, jealousy, that, that's happening. Why should all this thing happen? The point is, they are happening. And the point is, people on the spiritual path, we have to get rid of them. That's the path that we have to follow, including the ego, finally. Ego doesn't right. mean, you know, it's bad, okay? But it just means that it's an obstruction to see the light. I think this goes to it. Yeah. So, so... Um, Rajesh introduced the concept of Ajatvad. And then what Mahesh had explained was almost the Drishti Srishti Vad. You only see the world when you see it, right? Only when only when the seer is there, the, the world exists. So that's Drishti Srishti Vad. And then the third one is the Bimba Pratibhimbad. So these are different concepts of how Maya is. And as Rajesh had said, whichever appeals to you, just search these three up. Whichever appeals to you, except that, and move on. Kishore, you were saying something, and we interrupted you twice. 
Oh, no problem. No, I know that's that's fine. No, it was really awesome to hear that. No, I was just saying that uh, um, I, I, the way I'm looking at it is also you no. Know, when you said about the about the covering of the mind, uh, yet another way of saying that is that the um, most of the humanity today probably is in um, in uh, it's in rajas or tamas, right? In the sense that it is either rajas that's dominating or tamas that's dominating right or you know rajas with tam, uh, with sattva but sattva uh, portion is very less right in general and uh, another a practical way of looking at it would be uh, for us to move more and more towards increasing the sattva portion in us right so when i say in us the the body the mind uh, uh, intellect um, altogether so as that increases Right. Eventually, that is the launchpad for um, transcending the gunas, which is enlightenment. Um, but at the same time, even reaching a higher portion proportion of sattva itself is an amazing goal by itself. Right. So, um, and if a lot of lot more people do that, and it, that is, uh, you know, uh, when you do it, uh, I'm sure it's going to affect people around you and society around you, uh, family around you. Right. So. Uh, that's going to uh, probably create a, a network effect, if you will, of um, more and more people around you wanting to uh, do the same thing, right? So, for a period of time, I see that the overall percentage of sattva in the world increases, right? So, which is which is a good thing, right? So, uh, that's yet another way of putting it. So, uh, the rajas and tamas reduces in proportion, and which is what the the I interpret uh, when Rajiv said uh, of uh, 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 cleaning the mirror, uh, uh, it, it reduces the rajas and tamas, and thereby increasing the sattva. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think we are almost getting to eight o'clock. Yes. So should we yes. recite Nirvana Shatakam once all together and then conclude our day today? Yes. I can pull that thing up and we can all chant together. Just give me 10 seconds. Yeah, just so to before add, we do that, yeah. go ahead, Alpana, go ahead. No, just saying that actually one enlightened person creates so much sattvic influence around the place where that person exists that it's the influence is mind-boggling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So before we do Nirvana Shatakam, I think let's agree on the plan as to what we're going to study for next week. Should we get back to the Gita book now? Yes. Is Tattva reasonably okay or should we revise once the entire Tattva What do you guys think? Actually, we didn't cover the Jeevan Mukti, Vidaya Mukti and the, the law of karma part, which actually yeah. Swamiji explains quite well. I, I suggest if you can listen to it more. We only... Uh, we only did the creation part today, right? Yes, that's true. So, that's true. yeah, let's do karma. In, in, the, in, the, in the book, what uh, what we were following, was it there? I'm, I was not sure if uh, that was there in that. That's why I was Actually, wanting to. In the book, it is just to explain what the Agami karma is, what prarabdha is, but Swamiji explains those five corollaries very well, actually. Yeah. That's why yeah, I just posted it there. But Paramatma Nandaji? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very, 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 yeah. 
so his lectures are very okay. good if you can listen to you know there are two more after that so liberation and law of karma so alpana would you please do me a favor can you just write which lecture numbers they are because sure. i have not followed uh, uh, swami paramatmananda ji in the long, in a long time especially tatvabodha i did not listen to him oh i listen okay, to all so. of them he explain it it yeah. actually uh, that's what whenever wherever i refer to swami ji it's his lectures <laughs> okay Okay. So please send me that lecture numbers. Let me also yeah. start listening. So maybe then we will we will not do uh, we will not do the Gita next week. Yeah. yeah, we will do that and then we will close it. I hope you guys are all okay with that. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Make sense. Okay, cool. All right. Now, uh, so that starts off with the plan, and now I will share my content. we can all uh, so we can all repeat together now i i think that we have you've learned it now yeah. we can repeat this but uh, alpana request you to please lead so we can start off once you start off with the tune we can all get on all right mano शिवोहम शिवोहम चिदानंदूप शिवोहम शिवोहम न प्राण संयो न वै पंचवायु न वासा पंचकोश न वाणीपाद चोपस्तपायु चिदानंदूप शिवोहम शिवोहम चिदानंदूप शिवोहम शिवोहम न मे द्वेशग न मे लो मदो नैवे नात्सर्यभा न चाटो न कामो न मोक्ष चिदानंदूप शिवोहम 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 न दुखम न मंत्रो न दीर्था भोजन 
Chidana Thank you so much, Alpana. Thanks, Alpana. Thank you. This is very, very beautiful. This, this is amazing. Enjoy your day, and, and we'll see you next weekend. So, VP, Mahesh, Ajay, we'll talk tomorrow morning, 7.30 a.m., my time. The Chatur Masa sync up. Yes. Okay. All right. Adio. Okay. Bye-bye. Adio.